This is Why You Should Vote, your guide to becoming an informed American voter. I'm Eli. And I'm Sonia. This is episode 8 of 9, and today we'll be talking about how to pick who you want to vote for. Why is learning how to pick a candidate so important to becoming an informed voter, Eli? In some ways, being able to affirmatively pick a candidate with open eyes is the primary mark of an informed voter, especially if you can do it and feel good about it all up and down the ballot. And it's worth noting that informed voters don't always just pick the candidate they most agree with. They also take the political context into mind, and we're going to teach you how to do that. But before we dive in... First and foremost, understand that there is likely not going to be a viable candidate who agrees with you on every single issue. You're going to have to give on something, probably many things. The phrasing viable candidate is really important here. Our country is, on all but maybe the most local levels, a two-party country, which means that voting for anyone other than a Democrat or a Republican is usually equivalent to voting for the big party you don't align with. And this isn't just about third parties. Even dyed-in-the-wool Dems or grand old party members don't agree with their representatives on everything. The only way to guarantee you're getting a candidate who agrees with you on everything is for you to run for office yourself. Really internalize this. It's important and it's real. And if it makes you angry, have a small moment to rage about the system that got us here. Now, take a moment to come to peace with this knowledge. Breathe in. Breathe out. You ready? Cool. Let's talk about deciding who to vote for. First things first. You should take some time to figure out what's important to you. Where do you stand on the issues? How firm are those stances? What areas of policy are most important to you? How would you rank them against each other? And here are some to think about. Environmental policy, international relations, access to health care, social services, privacy rights, crime, taxes. You might care more about the attorney general's views on prisons than fiscal policy, and vice versa for the treasurer. But don't worry about that right now. We'll link a list of policy areas and issues in the show notes. As you think about these things, and as you do more research, remember, it's okay to care more about some things than others. It's okay to change your opinion over time, especially after doing research or hearing experts talk about it. And it's okay to admit that you don't know enough about an issue right now to have a definitive opinion on it. Next, get a sample ballot from your election commission. A sample ballot will show you all the races and ballot initiatives that you are going to be voting on. A lot of election commissions will also include a voter's guide, which can be handy for explaining the context and full ramifications of any ballot initiatives, as well as background on the offices being run for. Now set aside some time to do research, maybe an hour or two, or maybe more depending on how many races you have to research. This seems like a lot of time, but a couple hours is very small compared to the several year-long terms of the people you're voting on. Let's talk about how to do that research. When deciding who to vote for, look at the views of the candidates on the ballot and see how they match up against the list of issues and policy areas that you made earlier. There are several places you can find out the candidates' views. For local elections, some quasi-local news outlet has probably sent the candidates a questionnaire, or your town website might have something. There might be interviews or even little YouTube videos where they're talking to voters. Also, it's good in general to support local journalism because these are the people bringing you this info, and that particular area of journalism is not doing so hot. But that's another podcast. For state and national elections, Ballotpedia is a good nonpartisan place to start, and we'll link to it in the show notes. 
You can also find quizzes and interactive voter guides that help you figure out how closely you match to each candidate. However, make sure you know who's running the quiz that you're taking. For incumbent legislators, you can look up how they voted for past bills you care about, but be aware that non-incumbent legislator candidates don't have a record to compare this to, so it's a tool best used to say no to an incumbent rather than yes to a newcomer. If you're in a state that votes for judges, your state bar association and other bar associations will have a packet with ratings and comments from their colleagues. These ratings are usually on a scale of highly recommended, recommended, or not recommended. A rating of recommended is not a knock on the candidate. It's check rather than the highly recommended check plus. Also, do you know how hard it is to get rated not recommended? You have to like kick a puppy for breakfast and then sexually harass your secretary on the way into work every morning. Don't vote for anyone who is not recommended, even if it means just not voting in that race. And this is the only time we're going to tell you not to vote in a race. Also, those packets will have comments from the judge's colleagues. Read them. They're often enlightening and talk about things like how well the judges know the law, how well they run their courtrooms, and how they treat defendants who are not accustomed to the legal process. For ballot initiatives, do some reading so you can understand the context and likely effect of the initiative. You can often find write-ups in the same places as you find candidate questionnaires, as we talked about earlier. And if the initiative was referred by the legislature, you can look up what the vote was for that referral. You can look to see who's contributing financially to each side, which can sometimes be pretty significant. And some ballot initiatives may be backed by interest groups like unions, and it's worth checking to see if a group you care about and respect has said anything about the initiative. It's worth noting that I usually have a harder time deciding what I'm going to vote on a ballot initiative than picking my candidates. If any of your candidates for state or federal office are a third party, pick the closest candidate from one of the two major parties. What we mean by this is that if the person you really, really want to vote for is a third party, you probably don't get to vote for them. It hurts us deeply that this is the case, but voting third party is the surest way to throw away your vote. We talked about this earlier. Still true. Still sucks. The only exception to this is when a race has only one person running and they're from a third party, or if the race is between, for example, a Republican and an Independent. In that instance, you can safely assume that you can vote for the third party candidate without throwing away your vote and unintentionally supporting the other party. But that is the only exception. And yes, you should be able to vote for whoever you want. But voting is not just for you. It's for your community. And that means strategic voting is a necessity in our system. If this makes you angry, campaign for ranked choice voting. But that's another podcast. And in fact, we talked about it last episode. But then also vote for someone from one of the two major parties until ranked choice voting happens in your area. And the last step is to write down your candidates. I like to put mine on paper, but they should allow you to take your phone into the voting booth as well. You can even do it right on your sample ballot. If you do this, though, make sure you turn in the correct and actual ballot, not the sample. And with that, it's homework time. At the end of every episode, we like to give you a way to keep thinking about what we've discussed today, or even put it into action. Today, our suggestion is, uh, pick your candidates. Go through and do all the stuff we talked about in this episode. Make sure you know where your list of candidates is so you're ready to vote. And with all that, thanks for listening. Stay tuned to our next episode, which will be about how to actually vote and how ballots are counted. Why You Should Vote is recorded in Littleton, Massachusetts and Chicago, Illinois. Audio editing is done by Eli, and I write the show notes, which you can find at whyyoushouldvote.com. 
If you like the show, the best thing you can do is share it with a friend, especially someone who needs to hear it. And of course, go, go vote! vote.